I always, listeners, as you know, open up with a scripture passage, but I just wanted to point you specifically to the Psalms in general and um, how many beautiful, beautiful references to meditation that there are. For for example, Psalm 1, uh, everybody knows Psalm 1, that we meditate on the Lord's ways day and night. But I mean, you also have Psalm 38, Psalm 63, 77, 119 is a classic one too, guys, to to be meditating on the, the law of the Lord, uh, Psalm 143 and Psalm 145. And the Psalms are a beautiful place to go uh, as we discuss meditation, which is what we're going to be talking about today. But I'm going to specifically pull from Psalm 145, 5, Psalm 145, 5, and I'll just read 1 through 5, actually. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. So thanks for listening into an episode of Theologic Again. I'm Zach Deacon. I'm Zach Packey. Sean Mustin. And we're going to be talking about meditation today. And again, I just wanted to open up with that brief introduction on the Psalms. They're everywhere. I read from Psalm 145, but you can go back and pull from lots of Psalms and other, I would say, Proverbs as well when it comes to meditation. So I'm going to just open up the floor uh, to y'all. I, I was reading this Psalm last night again and in preparation as my uh, daughter was up a little bit later than expected last night, but it gave time to uh, read Psalm 145 again. And I tell you what, uh, just um, what I needed to meditate in that moment was the fact that the psalmist says, every day I will bless you. And um, and so I look forward to this discussion on what meditation is and what we ought to meditate on and, and maybe... Uh, how the world has stolen meditation from from us as Christians and and taken it a direction that it shouldn't have gone. So it's a good topic to begin with yeah. on the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we'll be. This will be dropping the last uh, right before the New Year's time. So something to meditate on as you meditate on this coming year. Yeah, and we're not talking about uh, meditation as a New Year's resolution. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're not talking about it as a New Year's resolution, but something that Christians should. Uh, be practicing every day. Yeah. Although it might know? mean incorporating that in some way in a resolution of like, sure. of yeah. like saying okay. this year, 2023, I'm going to be more intentional to not only read the scriptures, mm-hmm. but also to meditate yeah. Yeah. on them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As, as, as you come up to the new year, tend, it tends to be where the pastors will emphasize, read through the Bible in a year. You're coming up in January, start in Genesis and see if you can finish or, or whatever you do, put together a Bible reading plan. But consider this to be a part of what you should resolve to do in your devotion life. Uh, the scripture at times commands us to read it, but as Zach just said, it commands very often to meditate on it. Mm-hmm. And it also it's it's more than just how often it speaks of it, but it's also in very key places within Scripture. We've talked about that before when we've talked about a Bible reading and study habits and such, that it's not only a matter of how often a teaching or a phrase arises, but it's also where it arises, yeah. because there are Content. certain places within Scripture that are very, very key and crucial to mm-hmm. the whole. Uh, as an example, 
Now, this idea of meditate, meditate on the word, we'll unpack that idea a little bit more. Uh, but as Joshua gets ready to lead the people into the land that God had promised, uh, there is a command to meditate on God's law. So that's the beginning of the book of Joshua. It's the beginning yeah. of that conquest of the promised land. Same thing with Psalms. The beginning of the Psalms opens with a command that we'll talk more about in a moment to meditate on the law of God. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an also it's in key places. So I also want to mention that as well. Mentioned often, but in also in very key places. Uh, what uh, what are your guys' thoughts on what meditation means? Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps what it doesn't mean. Well, I, w- I want to say it doesn't mean emptying your mind. Yeah, and I think we have to address that because that is the popular view. Yeah. Is it's this idea of sitting on the floor or in some kind of yoga position quietly and. In some form or fashion, it is trying to empty your mind. Maybe it's an escape to a different realm, mm. but those ideas are very antithetical to the biblical idea. I'm just going exactly to say right. this in short, that it's the opposite. It's not mm-hmm. emptying the mind, but it is filling the mind with the Word of God. And we're going to talk about that practically. What does it mean to fill the mind with the Word of God? What does yeah. it look like? But it, I just want to say that on the popular level, it's the opposite. It's not yeah. emptying the mind. It is filling the mind. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Sean and I didn't talk about this before we started, and that's exactly the same conclusion I came to, is uh, it's it's the exact opposite. I'm going to give you some definitions here, because uh, that's my favorite thing, senor definition I am. <laughs> uh, uh, in the Hebrew um, Old Testament here, you have the word hagah, uh, and it is used to define, it's defined as muse to muse upon something. And so very often in the Old Testament, when that word meditate is found, it comes from the word to muse over something. It is to mull over something. My pastor growing up always used to say that it's chewing the cud. Chewing, yep. (laughs) Chewing Chewing the cud. Like a cow chews the cud, so you do with the word of God. Let it come back into your mind. Sometimes it you have to intentionally read the scriptures to do that. Uh, But at other times it just, uh, uh, it it becomes a habit. Um, If you're a pastor, for example, or if you're a Sunday school teacher and your job is to understand and to proclaim the message of the Word of God, it's a, it, you, beca- you begin a habit of meditation on the Scriptures because you're constantly trying to figure out, okay, what does this text mean? It may not be during your time of study. It may be while you're at home or whether you're uh, somewhere else and you finally come to grips with, oh, okay, I think I've understood this text now because I put it on the back burner and it looks like it's fully cooked in my mind here. I think I've come to, or at least I've gotten some more nutrients uh, out of that text that's been on my mind or maybe it wasn't on my mind at the time. So uh, to muse, to, this is interesting. I love studying Hebrew words because they make it so much more picturesque. Greek is great. But Hebrew is very picturesque when you study the actual meaning behind the word. The word Hagah, uh, halot, which is a dictionary of the Old Testament, defines it as to read in an undertone. To read in an undertone. So in other words, uh, when it comes to the idea of musing, you're saying it to yourself quietly. Mm-hmm. So in Joshua 1.8, what is it? It's uh, these things you will meditate on day and night, saying these things. You're quoting things like the the Shema, right? Deuteronomy mm-hmm. six that shall meditate on day and night. Uh, the uh, uh, these words which I command you this day will be in your heart, and you know, mm-hmm. talking about it yep. all the time. Why? So that you might understand it. It might saturate your thinking, saturate your life as a result. What you know, what you understand, goes into your heart, and it'll go into your actions. That's the point of it all. So that you might have these words on your heart, as Deuteronomy six says. 
And so uh, sometimes in Scripture, as you see the word meditate in Psalm 4.4, uh, it says meditate in your heart upon your bed, and that uh, describing this, uh, the psalmist doing the meditation. It's simply the word to say. It's not merely saying it in an undertone. It's the, word, the Hebrew word amar, which means to just say something. Talk about it. Talk to yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we all do it. I do it to myself all the time. I'm talking to myself all the time yep. because I'm thinking about scripture. I'm thinking about truth. I'm thinking about something all the time. And it's, if you're like me, I guess, I my there's so much noise in my head and it's easier and more clear for me to say it out loud so that I don't get distracted by something else. But uh, uh, there's that. There's, it's just a general... Hopefully, a helpful start in understanding. Right. And you make meditation. a good point. I love how you talk about um, that idea of this constant um, muttering, this constant idea of talking through these things. And I really think that that connects with the idea that we are all meditators yeah. by nature. You're meditating on something. Yeah. Um, you're there's there's things that are going through your mind. Um, sometimes, if you're weird like me, you'll even have a conversation with yourself, not yeah. about scripture, but uh, there's something going on. No, we are do it all the time. Yeah, yeah you, shower time, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. that's what that's the joke, people. Right. There's nobody rehearse. to argue with you, so it's a great time there just to make that make that argument, make that point. Yeah. So we are meditators by nature, but also we see this in the testimony of scripture. Uh, we mentioned Psalm one earlier, where there is this command and this exhortation to be meditating, to be thinking on, to be muttering the the law of God in Psalm one verse two. But interestingly enough, the next Psalm, Psalm chapter two, which they go hand in hand together. Some people have nicknamed Psalm one and Psalm two as the doors into the Book of Psalms. That's the, right. The themes that are there mm-hmm. uh, get fleshed out through the Book of Psalms, and they very much go together. Yeah. So. The beginning of Psalm 1, we are commanded to meditate on the law of God, to delight in it day and night. And then Psalm 2 opens up with these words, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? Now, in the Hebrew, the word for plot is the same word as meditate from chapter 1. So we have this contrast. It goes together by contrast, and it's teaching us you're going to meditate about something. Either you're going to be the righteous man who is intentionally trying to fill your mind with Scripture that the Spirit might be at work in you, Mm -hmm. or you're going to be like the wicked man who is plotting, who is meditating a vain thing. So the, the truth is, you're going to meditate throughout the day. The question is, will we be intentional to make it centered on God and His Word, or will we be passive and just allow whatever to come into our mind and become our meditation for the day? You are, we are, meditators by nature. Not a point I ever thought of. Oh yeah, meditation is something that I do, I just, it's whether or not I do it in a holy way, or what, you know, what, what am I filling my mind with? It's... (sighs) Was it Job that said, uh, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, Lord, don't let my eyes wander to any unclean thing. I mean, could we say that we almost have to say that about our mind? Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, we need to meditate on things that are holy and righteous and good and God's word. And because we are by nature, uh, we're, we're by nature children of wrath, but yeah. we're also by nature meditators on mm-hmm. anything. Right. Yeah. And I want to give a practical outworking of that, that this is not original to me. I, I, about a year ago, I really started, I tried to dig in and just think about what does it mean to, to meditate? How is this done? And a teacher that I came across gave this advice, and I thought it was very helpful. Um, so we're, Packy earlier mentioned how New Year's coming up. 
a lot of times we start maybe either it's reading through the Bible or we begin in a new place in the Scripture, and for the new year, begin to read there. Mm -hmm. And if we're trying to get some traction, we're trying to get some distance, we normally will read uh, lengthier portions. Um, Maybe it is one chapter, maybe it's four chapters, but you're trying to make some headway through the Scriptures. And so what I would encourage you to consider is whatever whatever chapter amount or passage amount you've decided to read, whether that's two, three, four chapters a day, and Mm -hmm. trying to get through the whole Bible in a year, the New Testament in a year, um, do that. But as you're reading, should there be a verse or a phrase that really grips your heart and that you're like, there's something to chew on here, Mm. have a journal or have a piece of paper on hand, write that down, continue reading, finish your two, three, four chapters, make sure you you, you get that done, but then circle back around and take five or 10 minutes with that one verse or phrase that came out of the text that really gripped your heart and kind of captured your, your interest and give attention to it. Uh, write it down. Uh, write down questions that, that come to mind about it. You want to interact with the text. It's one of the ideas that Packy was talking about with the, um, the vocalizing of those words. Not that it's some kind of like voodoo or, right. uh, or something superstitious, but you're trying to interact with the text. In Packy's example, you want to hear it. You don't just want to read it. But you can also include that in writing it. Yeah. Write it down. Think on it. And also let that guide a time of prayer. Maybe there, maybe it's speaking of a sin that you need to pray against in your life, or maybe it's speaking of a Christian virtue that you need to pursue yeah. in obedience. Pray about that. Yeah. So read those chapters that you're planning to, the two, three, four chapters, um, and then when there's something in that grabs your attention, write the verse number down on, side, on paper and come back at the end and, and give yourself a few minutes to meditate on that passage. Wasn't it you in a previous episode that talked about the worth of reading one verse and praying over that being much more weighty and worth our time than buzzing through a buzzing chapter. through a chapter a great theological word. J.C. So. Ryle said that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I just want to give credit. J.C. <laughs> yeah. Ryle said that. Yeah. But yes. And so there is a dynamic to this, which and sometimes we can be theological nerds about some stuff, which is yeah. fine and fun. Yeah. But I would say this, you know, Sean's got one open, and I've got the same Bible in my backpack. I'm a huge proponent of uh, the Bible that you use in in your daily uh, devotional reading or studying or whatever. I have a um, just a regular journaling Bible, and it has been incredibly fruitful for me in the areas that we're talking about right now, because uh, it does allow me to to write down things and jot down things that I want to meditate on later or pray for later on. So I would just encourage people listening to. Uh, not necessarily run out and go buy a journaling Bible or whatever, but uh, take seriously, perhaps, maybe is where I'm going, take seriously how you approach uh, your daily your daily uh, devotion and time in the Word. I want to mention there's a, there's a right way to do the meditation and there's a wrong way to do the meditation, mm-hmm. even when it comes to putting it in your mind. Um, we shouldn't treat Scripture passages like some kind of incantation, like say, for yeah. example, you're, uh, you're struggling with thought. <clears throat> with uh, sexual thoughts or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, it does you no good to merely just quote a verse over and over and over again <laughs> uh, as if it's some kind of magic words that will get you away from sin. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it should be perhaps you're thinking First Thessalonians 4, perhaps, and, you're, and you might start thinking, so what does this text mean? Mm-hmm. What is the meaning of this passage? What, what are the truths that I need to take in, not just to throw out the words, but 
what are the what does it mean? And th- that is what you're meditating on. It's the meaning of the of the word that you're trying to get into your mind and into your heart mm-hmm. uh, to influence your actions. So. so that's a good segue into um, one of the other questions that I asked. So what would you guys have to say about you know what? Okay, so I asked, what does meditation mean? You guys did a pretty good job of extrapolating that, but perhaps what does it not mean? I think your your question um, uh, that you said uh, you originally wrote to us was, has the word co-opted it? I wouldn't say it was co-opted. Uh, I would say it's been redefined. You can expect so the, the world, the world um, the, redefining it. Correct. Yep. The, any satanic religion will redefine uh, the meanings of words, and oftentimes, very commonly, it's redefined as the exact opposite of what it is. Hmm. So, I mean, that is a classic cult tactic. If you read Walter Martin's Kingdom of the Cults, he says all the way at the beginning that what do cults do? They redefine words to mean something different than it actually is. And so, uh, as Sean pointed out exactly right, that the the word meditate has gone from thinking and, and mulling over truth of God's word and who his person is, it's become the exact opposite, and that is turning off your brain to accept and take on something uh, that is uh, uh, that is not. I looked this up, yogagroup.org, just to get you some understanding of what this sort of idea of transcendental or... Uh, meditation is. They define it as this, quote, a practice that involves focusing or clearing your mind, Hmm. end quote. And that is, again, the exact opposite of what we're called to do. So there's a bunch of different meditations they brought up. uh, And it's funny, the way that they talk about meditation, one of them is called mindfulness meditation. It's paying attention to your thoughts as they pass through your mind. So it's like, instead of thinking about something outside of yourself, something true, external, scriptural, you're thinking about yourself and your own thoughts. Uh, talk about cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. Just it, it just unrealistic. Um, and another one is focus meditation involves concentrating on the use of five your five senses. So you're thinking again about yourself. Mm-hmm. It is all me. Truth is found in me. And it goes back to every satanic religion is an exaltation of self to the highest degree as an idol and the denigration of God, his truth, and his uh, uh, and his ideas again. Clearing the mind is another part of it. Mantra meditation. You're just saying Om all the time and saying <laughs> and not thinking, turning off your brain. Um, which is, in fact, as you're talking about, Sean, meditation is something that we naturally do. What this is calling us to do is something that is contrary to our nature, and that is to shut down the means of real meditation in our minds, mm. and uh, and to take in something that. Folks, I would just say, if you're into this stuff, run, get away from this stuff. You are opening yourself up to demonic influences, satanic influences, religious influences that you do not want in your life. It will destroy. So what do you think the danger of mixing Christianity and that together? Like, I think the word is syncretism, maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. like I, the who said it? There was a pastor. It's, the Bible's not about you. Right. Uh, that was probably Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler. Yeah. 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 You know, You're so. not David. <laughs> yeah. right. The Bible's not about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this is, uh, I, I wonder how many uh, Christians have taken that, mm-hmm. the, the you know, the biblical idea of meditation mm-hmm. and joined it with the world and yeah. and then taken the Bible to meditate and used the Bible to meditate on themselves. Yeah. 
to know? go to go with what uh, what Pastor Brian talked about in uh, the episode that dropped on the last November, back in November. There really is no joining together of these things. There's no yeah. truth and untruth that could really be joined together. It's it becomes a fabrication in our own minds to think that we can actually join Christianity with these things. What happens? The Christianity, quote unquote, that's a big part of it, mm-hmm. ends up becoming a shell and a pure moralism of what real Christianity is. It's just the moral principles of Christianity mm-hmm. joined as sapped of its real power, empty, a form of godliness without power, empty of what it is. But what's really emphasized is whatever the satanic religion that's joined with it, that's what it is. It's a cloak to make this satanic religion that's joined to it look reasonable, look acceptable hmm. from a, an external standpoint. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's important to mention that there can be times where people maybe in an ignorance or an innocence yeah. mix the two, not realizing what they're doing. Yeah. And that if you have a new believer that doesn't know um, that there's a, a definitive difference uh, between the 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 meditation that is popular in culture today versus what the Bible describes, um, it would not be a stretch of imagination to think that somebody, again, in an, kind of an innocent ignorance, sees the word meditate in Scripture yeah. And then has these ideas from Twitter and their other social media um, yeah. outlets, and thinks that it's one in the same. Mm-hmm. Um, not trying to um, transgress the scriptures, yeah. but in kind of again an ignorance, uh, being like, okay, I guess it's one in the same. So I think it's where it's important for us to make that distinction that yeah. they are not, um, and that there is a difference, and that the command of scripture um, is quite different than the the view of the yeah. world. That, that command is for our good. You're exactly right. I mean, it goes back to what Jude said at the end. There are certain people that you, uh, with care and compassion, you call them out of these things uh, when it comes to false teaching and false teachers. There are others that you do with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. In other words, there are more people, there are other people that are more into this that need to have a sterner, more, more, uh, more fearful, I guess, approach to speaking to them about it. And it just takes discernment depending on where you're at and where the person is at. I was I just wanted to give a word of encouragement, like some what benefits we see in scripture from this. We've talked about meditation, filling our mind. We've looked at how scripture speaks highly of it. But here's some things that we also find that I believe are motivating because we see benefit from it. In a second Timothy chapter two, uh, Paul says this, and this is Within the record of Scripture, this is one of Paul's last last statements. He says to Timothy, think over what I say. Mm. So there's the command. Now, Packy, by you saying yes, is that, is that, that, past, was, was, that, that was, was on your paper? That was one that I put so up together. I yeah. swear I did not look at your computer I when I came in here yeah. and like, just steal your notes. That's a, yeah. Um, so I hope we can both comment on that. Yeah. But I want to finish that text where it says, think on what I say for the Lord will give you understanding and everything. So we meditate on the Word of God, knowing that as we're meditating, as we're, as we're filling our mind with the Word, as we're writing down a Bible verse to think about it, or as Packy said, as we're muttering it to ourselves, we're whispering it to ourselves. we do so not out of superstition, but yeah. because God's Word has said that God is going to work in and through that yeah. to give us understanding. And I want to just give a quick word of testimony on that. Um, Psalm 37 really jumped out at me about two weeks ago. Mm. And I just decided, I was going on vacation. I was like, okay, I'm just going to read Psalm 37 while I'm on vacation. And God really um, blessed me in that. It was, a, it was a wonderful experience, a lot of good journaling with that. But 
and this kind of segues into another benefit of meditating. Yesterday, I'm at my desk uh, getting ready for Sunday sermon, and my phone alarm goes off telling me that in 30 minutes, I'm supposed to be at the nursing home teaching. Mm. And I had completely <sighs> forgotten about it, had not prepared anything for it. And after about 15 seconds of panic, I paused, and then I remembered, oh, wait a minute, I've been really just kind of digging into meditating on uh, Psalm 37. I'm quite familiar with it after two weeks of just reading it and rereading it. So I climbed into my car, I drove over to the nursing home, and I shared the first nine verses of Psalm 37 because it was something that I had not studied in the sense of like doing like Bible study formally, but I had really just given my mind and my heart over to meditating on it. And I felt very comfortable in just getting up there and talking about what it shows us of God, what it shows us of the world, and how we are to live in it. And so it, with all that said, when we meditate on Scripture, we have something to share with somebody else. Yeah. When we're taking it in and we're chewing on it throughout the day and throughout the week, you're going to have something in your back pocket to encourage a brother with, uh, to evangelize someone who doesn't know Christ, uh, maybe to correct a brother in Christ. So it, there, there's benefit. Yeah. There's benefit. I was actually, I was thinking when you said Timothy and you said um, meditate, or I was thinking about First Timothy uh, 4, meditate upon these things, give, I memorized it in the King James, give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may be seen by all and give heed to yourself and your doctrine and continue in them for in doing this you will both save yourself and them that hear you. Mm. Uh, that's the that's the text for the minister, that meditation upon the ministry you're in, the meditation on the scriptures so that you might be able to refute false doctrine, which is exactly what that text is about. Those types of things show forth a profitability for the cause of Christ. You will be a faithful servant of Christ when you have the word of God firmly planted in your mind, in your heart, in your actions, so that you will, uh, you'll be able to, to speak the truth to others, as Sean is saying, but also refute error to others as well. So, um, and bless those that are near you. So you you become a, a well-rounded blessing to the people in your life as a result of that. Yeah, I've said in previous episodes before, I've gleaned a lot of blessing from meditating on and reading together the wisdom literature, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes specifically, uh-huh. and. Just out of the text, I'd share briefly that I shared, Psalm 145. I'll read it again. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. So last night when I was reading that, or I shouldn't say last night, the, this is being dropped in the future, but when I was reading Psalm 145, uh, I was actually rocking my daughter to sleep, mm. and uh, she was keeping us keeping us up late at night, as all those who have had children and, and, and uh, infants before will know that they don't always have your sleep schedule, and, and I was reminded in that moment of two things, that uh, I need to be reminded of God's complete and utter goodness. And yeah, I would have rather been in bed sleeping, mm-hmm. but how, I don't know, I found it very, I, I don't like using the word ironic, because I believe the Lord was blessing me in that moment, that as I was rocking one of my children, that I was reminded of the unsearchable greatness of God, and that one generation shall command your works to another. And I didn't read any further than that, 
I just I did put my Kindle down and I closed my eyes and I did think about what I had just read and how encouraging that was to my spirit. Yeah. That we have a God who is has blessed his children beyond measure, that he has loved us completely. I, I just I've said it before and I'll just say it again. I don't mean to be repetitive. It's so encouraging to my for my heart to see the greatness of God and that brings me so much peace. Even when I'm like not maybe not getting something that I'm wanting, like sleep or rest or comfort, to know that that God's greatness is unsearchable, mm. and for my heart to be reminded that this is what I'm comparing myself to, you know the the greatness and the unsearchable greatness of God, and that that I'm to declare His mighty acts one generation to another. I just want to speak to that idea of peace mm-hmm. that you you say you experience in that moment. And I, just want, I want to speak to it just by quoting Isaiah 26, uh, verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you mm-hmm. because he trusts in you. Isaiah what? It's Isaiah 26, verse 3. Yeah. God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. Yeah, beautiful, uh-huh. beautiful text. As the new year begins, for some people, it's like this fresh start. Like they're excited. They they wrote down the resolutions like two months ago and they're ready for like the <laughs> clock to strike 12. But for yeah. others, sometimes the new year is like, okay, there's there's some trials ahead. There, I'm not necessarily excited about this, mm. this new year coming up. And to you, it's for every Christian, but I just want to encourage you that as you step into this new year, and maybe there are things about it you're not excited about, this is not a time of celebration. Remember those words of Isaiah, keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Meditate on His Word. He will keep you in perfect peace. And I really like what Patkey said about just like what meditation is and what it isn't. This is is meditating on God and His greatness and how that brings me peace and and the command to to proclaim that to my children. It's not I'm reading this verse over and over and over again and all of a sudden I feel calm now. Right. You know, would would you guys argue that I don't know, was that a form of idolatry? Maybe? Like you're not I wouldn't say every time, but uh, but I can see again, it's not I don't know if idolatry would be the word, but it's not what a meditation is intended to be. Uh, memorization is important to get in your mind, but the idea is so that you would come to understand its meaning. It's emotionalism. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bingo. It's emotionalism. Yeah. Because I'm going to go back to what you said, that you said it was as you were meditating on this word and you're reminded of the greatness of God that there was peace. Yeah. So it's not a matter of some words ringing around our head that finally somehow emotionally bring us some comfort, but it's that the Word of God is leading us to think about the greatness of God, and it's in that that we find peace, or we're brought brought above our circumstances and reminded of the glorious God who is in absolute Mm. control, and that's Mm. where the peace comes from. It's it's outside of us in, in God. Well, I just wanted to, unless there's closing thoughts, I was going to close with Psalm 1. Go right ahead, and I, I want to do it, give a plug for something that's going to be happening with Theologic. After go for done. it. Yeah. yeah, go for it. I'm, i yeah. got to look it up right now. So uh, so coming up uh, at the end of January, January 31st through the first few days of February, uh, the Theologic hosts 
Uh, Sean and myself will be there. Zach might be there on occasion. We're going to be heading to Ankeny, Iowa to refresh conference over at Faith Baptist Bible College. Now, Zach, uh, unless you're in session, we expect you to be there. Yeah, but anyway, I'll try. Right. I'll try. <laughs> I will. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be uh, uh, being faithful as our representative for our area here. So, uh, But we, uh, we, we're going to plan on having some espresso and some opportunities to just talk with anybody who's been able to connect with us before. Uh, so if you're in the Des Moines area, if you're in the Ankeny uh, area, uh, come come check check us out check out the refresh conference at faith.edu uh and see if you can if you wanted to register feel free to do that as a it's for pastors ministry leaders pastors wives and families uh but uh but you can always i'm sure you'd be all right just coming and visiting us as well be grateful to have a conversation with you all as well so that's january 31st in ankeny iowa um, and throughout the rest of that week in february let's put a link in the link for that conference in the description we can do that yeah, and I'm going to try to be there. Yeah, it would yeah. be great to have you there. So the 31st is what day? That's a Tuesday, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, yeah, yeah. Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday. And I think you said Friday morning. Friday, yeah, but I believe Friday morning is when it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be heading back around that time. Cool. So. Well, uh, listeners, hear the words of God from Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That's Psalm 1. Thanks for listening to another episode of Theologic. Stay tuned for more content.